0: Abnormal Christian, I am Brad Mason. I am here with my wonderful wife, Natasha Mason. Hello, hello. And we are back again for another episode on the study of the Acts of the Apostles. If you've been with us so far, uh, we have covered nine chapters in the book of Acts we are going uh, generally verse by verse, kind of getting a little bit of history and backstory to what is going on. I won't go all the way back to the beginning of the book of Acts, other than to say uh, Jesus ascended into heaven in chapter one. So we know that. (laughs) So there's been a lot that's happened in the Acts of the Apostles. This is really the story of how the gospel is spread around the world and spread out to the, the Gentile nations and spread out to the Jews. And All these different things um, that happened in the early congregation, the early body of Christ, as we would call it, the early church. Um, So the establishment there. So in Acts chapter 9, we ended with Tabitha um, being raised from the dead um, by Peter. So Peter, after he does this, he goes down to stay with a local tanner. He is in the city of Joppa. We talked about that Joppa being um, in a part of Tel Aviv, which is in uh, still exists today. So uh, Tel Aviv is there and you could go to the area that Joppa was in um, because the Bible is a historical uh, document. Uh, The things that are in it are true. All the power that God has uh, displayed in the old Testament is the same power and authority he has today that he exercises that we can see as believers. And so we come into Acts chapter 10 with Peter. He's staying with a Tanner, and there's a very important thing that's getting ready to happen. Once again, something fantastic that hasn't happened before, and we're going to start off with verse 1.
1: There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always.
0: All right. So uh, the start of this chapter, is we're going to find out there's a man, uh, Cornelius, correct? Mm-hmm. Who is a centurion. So if you're not quite sure what that is um, in this city, there were a thousand Roman soldiers and the thousand Roman soldiers were broken up into a hundred. Um, so there were 10 different groups of a hundred men and each one of these groups of a hundred men would have a centurion or commander over that group. And this was Cornelius. He had a hundred men under him. He was of Roman descent. This is why it calls him the Italian band um, from Italy. So he is of Roman descent. He is not a Jew. He is not circumcised. Um, But the scripture says here that he was faithful to God. So read that one more time
1: a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always.
0: So he not only believed the word of the Lord that he had heard, um, but he he kept the word of God. He kept the law. He tried to keep the laws. Um, He uh, taught his house, which is really important. Here he is. He's a Roman man. He's not a a Jew by any means. He really has no obligation um, as being a Gentile, which is what he was, to, God, But he followed the word of God. He taught his children that. And it was evident in the alms here. It says alms in the King James. And basically what that means is in his giving to the poor and into uh, taking care of others and basically his charity work, the things that he did. So everyone knew who this uh, Cornelius was because of the works he did. They knew who he believed in and who he followed.
1: He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God.
0: So we have this really interesting thing here is happening here. So at some of the previous studies of the book of the Acts, he's in the ninth hour, right?
1: 3 p.m.
0: There you go. So he's he's in he's in prayer time. He's at that 3 p.m. prayer time. We talked about it early on. So Cornelius is even familiar with the custom of praying at 9 a.m. 12 and at 3 p.m. So he's at the 3 p.m. prayer t- uh, time and this angel of the Lord comes into him now there's some speculation from the uh, Greek that is used in this verse Um, it says he's in a vision a trance and so uh, it it, the way it's written in the Greek it's almost like he visibly sees this person this angel Um, but also it says it's it's you know it's a I don't know vision a trance so we're not quite sure whether he actually saw a physical being but he saw an angel well either way he saw an angel of the Lord
1: And now send men to Joppa, and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodgeth with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou to
0: do. to do. So really important thing that came up here is the angel talks to him and he says, your alms, the things that you've, you've done, God has noticed them. God has seen that. Um, in, this, in the context of the scripture, in the Jewish tradition, it is believed that prayers ascended before the throne of God. Um, that it was almost like... Um, in the book of Revelation, we see this. It talks about those who are in the lake of fire. It says, the smoke of their torment ascends before the throne of the Lord forever and ever. So it's not a forgotten thing that they're there. Um, and so prayers uh, to the Jewish people in the Old Testament were seen as the same way, that they were a sweet-smelling savor unto the Lord, and they would rise up before the throne of God. And so the angel here is basically saying the same thing. The alms, we, the Lord sees you. He knows that you you believe in Him. He sees the good work that you're doing in His name, and He is not forgetting it and is rising up to him. And uh, so he says, so here's something I want you to do. I want you to send some men, and I want them to go over to Joppa. There's a man over there named Peter, Simon Peter. You're going to get him. So uh, interestingly enough, um, Cornelius here, I should have said this earlier, Cornelius, and I did, he is a Gentile. Mm -hmm. This is the first conversion in the scripture of a Gentile to Jesus. This is the first confirmed Gentile who is going to be saved. And so he's going to send off to Peter to go his men over to Joppa, and he's going to have him come back to him according to what he was told here. So go ahead.
1: And when the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them. That waited on him continually.
0: So it's really interesting here. Uh, one of the commentaries I was reading about this said, you know, it's it's, it's curious that he he's going to send two of his house servants. We know this. He's The scripture says he's already told his family that he's going to live according to the Lord. He taught them that way. So we would assume that the people who worked for him um, were probably at the same time uh, obeying the Lord because Cornelius led his house. But not only that, now he's got a soldier, one of his soldiers that's probably under him, who he's sending as well because he probably... Probably led his men that a hundred men well,
1: says, and a devout soldier
0: yes, so he he's he's led his men that he leads, and he's taught them what is right according to God, which is just so curious, especially in this period of time that you have a Roman centurion who is teaching these Roman soldiers that the God of Israel is is the true God and what he says is right and what we need to do is it. And so he's got this devout soldier. Now he's probably sending the soldier with these two men for protection because uh, travel around this area at the time was very dangerous. There were a lot of uh, thieves on the roads. And so he wants to make sure that these two men are also getting to Joppa where they're going. So he sends all three of these men.
1: And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa on the morrow as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour, and he became very hungry, And would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance.
0: So Joppa, so you got to think city of Joppa. One of the distinct features of Joppa at this time is that most of the homes that were there were built with flat roofs on them. And the people would go up on the roof and they would, uh, like we might go out on a deck and barbecue, they would go up on a roof and they would eat and they would converse and they would hang out and they would pray. And some of them would do different things. Some people, uh, their homes would have another room built on top where they would go up into this room and pray. And so at the, the sixth hour of the day, What time is that? Noon. Noon time. Very good. We're getting this down. Um, So Peter goes up to pray. This is, again, praying at 9, 12, and 3. So Peter goes up to pray, and he's very hungry. He's just very hungry. So um, during this time period... um, the majority of people who lived only ate one meal, and it was usually uh, dinner, the evening meal. So they would work all day, and when their work was completed, they would come in and they would eat, and they would have one meal a day. And so here's Peter, and he's hungry. Um, they're they're preparing some food for this lunch meal, which they're going to have, um, and he is praying to the Lord at this time, and he, he continues on.
1: He fell into a trance.
0: Yes, he falls into a trance.
1: And saw heaven opened, and a certain vessel descending unto him, as it had a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, earth, and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air, and there came a voice to him, "Rise, Peter, kill and eat." But Peter said, "Not so, Lord. For I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean."
0: All right. So he's in a trance, and the Lord is trying to show him something. So Peter's he's he's up here praying, and um, he sees this vision of, of of something coming down from heaven, and it has four corners. Which I think is the reason the scripture points this out is because the gospel is to be preached to
1: the four corners of the earth.
0: Yes. And so I think he sees the four corners of this object, this thing um, that we, we a lot of people believe it's like a sheet. The scripture there says a vessel. um, A
1: great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth.
0: Right. And so when he looks into it, he sees all these animals. He sees uh, clean animals and unclean animals, and they're intermingled with each other. Now, if you're not quite sure what that means, Leviticus chapter 11, verse 1 gives you the... the description of what God says was clean and unclean. He said there were certain animals that the uh, the people could eat, and there were certain animals they should not eat. Um, there's still this contention today that there are certain animals that walk on this planet that their job, their specific function, is to clean. Um, crows, uh, pigs, uh, the, these shrimp. Yeah, any. I mean, it's there's certain animals. It is their job. A lobster. It's they eat the garbage of the ocean. So God, in His creation, when He created the earth, He put specific animals out there that were going to clean up, if you were thinking they're the trash man of the animal world. Um, and so because they took in this garbage, like a pig doesn't sweat, right? So any toxins that it takes in, it won't expel. So God says, don't eat that. Don't don't eat that because it's not, it's not going to be good for your health. It's not going to be good for you physically to eat these animals because they're not meant to be food. They're meant to be cleaners um, of the earth. And so we get to this point in the scripture and Peter knows this because Peter is a Jew and Peter is devout and he even makes the statement here to the lord the lord says read that what he says to him one more time
1: rise peter kill and eat but right. peter said not so lord for i have never eaten anything that is common or unclean
0: so here we're in the greek where it says uh rise kill and eat um, in the greek it what it's actually saying here is rise up make a sacrifice and eat that. So typically what would happen is if they made a sacrifice unto the Lord, the person who sacrificed the animal was, uh, if it was a lamb, they were able to eat that um, because it was it was this picture of um, sacrificial uh, cleansing, really, is that they're, they're consuming that. Um, and we see that with the body of Christ, right? Later on, he's called the Lamb of God who's slain for the sins of the world, and then we're told uh, that we do communion as a memory of his body and his blood. So then that's what that was about. So here he is, and he's sitting here, and he sees and the unclean animals mixed in with the clean animals and the Lord is saying rise up, I know you're hungry, rise up and and sacrifice and eat and he says, no, no, I'm not doing that. I've never done that. You know, he knows the, the Torah. He knows what Torah says about it. And he's, he's Lord, I, I can't do that. He's obviously, right off the bat, he's missing the point immediately. He, is, uh, he thinks the Lord is trying to talk about food, which this, this passage, this whole passage of Scripture has absolutely nothing to do with food. Um, while it is presented in the context of eating food, it is not about eating food. Continue on.
1: And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath clean, cleansed, that shall not... Let me try this again. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common...
0: Right. So basically, here's what people have to understand. God himself was the one who divided what was clean and unclean. Um, God is the one who chose the the children of Israel and the nation of Israel out from among the world. These were his chosen people. The rest were Gentiles. The rest were not his chosen people. So God himself put the division between the the clean and unclean. Now, if you have the ability, I stumbled there, but if you have the ability to put in a division between two things, you also have the ability to remove. That division. And so, what he's saying here to Peter is, is, you don't, I am the one who calls clean and unclean, and what is common and what is not common. You don't get to differentiate those two. I do, you know, and so continue on.
1: This was done thrice, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Now, while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house. And stood before the gate.
0: All right. So this, uh, you got to pull this in and get this. I need everybody to get this. So Peter. It's
1: not about bacon.
0: No, it's not about bacon. (laughs) So Peter, uh, everybody soak this in real quick. So Peter has this conversation with God. God has to tell him three times. That I, that what I am saying is clean is clean. It's not up to you, it's clean. And even at the end of him telling this, Peter is sitting there and he's scratching his head trying to grasp it. And why was that important? And why did he have such a difficult time with that? Because he was a devout Jewish man. He knew Torah, he knew the law, he knew what the scripture said was clean and unclean. And he thought, I don't, you know, and he's sitting there and he's thinking, what in the world am I supposed to do with this? And so God is getting ready to, to, uh, to make a point. Now, in the economy, in the world, in the, uh, the movement of the Lord, this is, not un- this is not unusual for God at all. But you have to look at this story in a couple different parts. Cornelius has a, the devotion to the Lord. He has a vision. He sends men. They show up right when Peter is done praying. Is that not God himself? setting forth something. It's not like they came a day later. It's not like his vision had passed a week. He just had this vision from the Lord, and then he hears a couple guys over here calling out for somebody.
1: And called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, were lodged there. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise therefore, and get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius, and said, Behold, I am he whom ye seek. What is this the cause wherefore ye are come? And they said, Cornelius, the centurion, a just man, and one that feareth God, and of good report among all the nation of the Jews, was warned from God by an holy angel to send for thee into this his house, and to hear words of thee. He called... Then called he them in and lodged them.
0: All right. So they came in and they stayed with him. So uh, when they left out from Cornelius, it is, um, you could kind of do a little math and it's postulated that they left in the evening um, because they arrive in uh, Joppa around noon. Um, and the, uh, where Cornelius was living was about, uh, the scripture says it's, uh, actually it was a couple leagues. They use this phrase called leagues. Um, I believe it's 12 to 15 leagues away from where Cornelius is living. In the biblical times, this is about three and a half miles. They measured a league based on how fast or how many miles could somebody walk in an hour. So they're about 48 miles away. So basically, they travel all night long to get to Peter. And when they get there, it's noontime. And so now they're tired and they're exhausted. And Peter says, come in here and rest, and then we'll go on our way.
1: And on the morrow, Peter went away with them and And certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the morrow after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them, and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter took him up, saying, Stand up! I myself also am a man.
0: So Peter leaves. He comes down to where Cornelius is at, and he brings brethren with him from Joppa. In um, Acts chapter 11, next chapter, it's going to tell us that he traveled with six more men. So there's six men with Peter. There's the three that came, and uh, they all go down to Cornelius' house. Um, Cornelius gathers all his friends, because this is what the scripture is talking about. He's got his friends and his family. Uh, you need to come over here, and you need to be at my house. There's a man coming. So what is guessed or what is thought is, that Peter had sent someone ahead of time on down the trail, going down the trail, tell them we're coming. So um, the, the, they come and tell Cornelius that Peter's coming and he sees Peter and assuming that Peter is an angel. Now, uh, one of the commentaries said, perhaps the first angel that he saw appeared to him in the form of Peter um, so that Cornelius would know who to look for. Uh, but in this instance, uh, he sees Peter coming and he just assumes that it's an angel and he falls down to worship him because he thinks he's worshiping the Lord. He thinks he's worshiping an angel of God. You know, he's a messenger of God. And Peter immediately stops that and says, man, stand up. You know, I'm just a man just like you are.
1: And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, ye know how that it, it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean.
0: All right, so right there we have, we have proof that this was not about eating food. <laughs> Because Peter just said that God showed him, it took him a little while to work it out, but God showed him that he should not call any man unclean. So what what is what is done here is the partition put up between the, uh, the Jews and the Gentiles, the righteous and the unrighteous, the clean and the unclean, God has torn that down. This partition is gone. Um, if you don't know what that is, that's a divider between the two. Um, some churches, congregations, even some of the Jewish synagogues still use a partition between the men and women. And that's the way it was between the Gentile and the Jew. God has torn this down. And he said, Don't call him unclean. You know, he's going to make children out of him, his children.
1: Therefore, came I unto you without gainsaying. As soon as I was sent for, I asked, therefore, what intent ye have sent for me? And Cornelius said, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing, and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard, and thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa, and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon a tanner by the seaside, who when he cometh shall speak unto thee. Immediately therefore I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now therefore are we all here present before God, to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth i perceive that god is no respecter of persons but in every nation that he, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted unto him.
0: So what he's saying here is that uh, that God, when he says God is not a respecter of persons, what he's talking about is God does not respect the Jew uh, as a righteous man or the Gentiles, the unrighteous man. He says that God is respecting of those who seek after him, who want to worship him, who want to know him. There's no one on the planet, even in today's current society and culture, that God esteems or respects above another um, simply because of who they are, how much money they have, where they're going, where they're from God esteems those who esteem him, those who want to know the Lord, those who want to love the Lord. And, and just Cornelius being a Roman and not being a Jew um, is, is it's huge because this is the outset of just a, a massive movement that is going to take place in the, the Acts of the Apostles, which is going to lead, honestly, to the gospel. We're talking about something that occurred in an area in the Middle East, right here. This story is in the Middle East. And here I sit on the other side of the world, you know, 2,000 years later, because of the gospel that is getting ready to spread out right here. And it starts right here with this man.
1: The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went out doing doing good, doing good, doing good of the devil for God was with him and we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the jews and in jerusalem who they slew and hanged on a tree him god raised up the third day and showed him openly not all the people but unto witnesses chosen before of god even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead?
0: So here he's giving him the story. He's telling him what he needs to know. So here's the. this is the same thing. Cornelius knows the Torah. He knows the law and the commandment of God. He obviously knows of the Messiah, the Mashiach, who is to come. That's the Hebrew word. So he knows of him. And so here Peter is is telling him the story of salvation that he didn't know. That that this is the portion. This is what God has done. This is His Son. This is what He has done. He has raised Him up. Very importantly, here it's mentioned on the third day. Um, that's a big deal. It's actual three days, so we covered that some, but um, it's a big deal because He mentions it. Peter makes makes statement there. So the six men who came with Peter, the reason He's bringing men with Him are to be witnesses, because the the division between the Jewish people and the Gentile people at this time are so strong that they don't they don't want to commingle in so many ways. So if Peter goes by himself and he says, hey, I went down here to a Gentile's house and the Holy Spirit came upon all these Gentiles. People would doubt him. They would say, I don't know. We're the, cho- you know, I don't know if that's what's supposed to happen. So he brings these men with him so they can witness it too. And also we're not quite sure, but he says that, that Lord Jesus presented himself before specific witnesses. So these people got, so there could be these, these men may have been there when Christ was risen from the dead. I mean, we don't know. Um, but it's definitely interesting that they're making sure that there's witnesses to all of these things that are happening because that's important and key to uh, the truth of Christ. Of Christ rising from the dead.
1: And he commanded us to preach unto the people, and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. To him give all the prophets witness, that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost.
0: There you go right there. So they of the circumcision, who are they? The Jews. That's right. The Jewish men that he brought with him were astonished because the Holy Spirit has now fallen on this huge crowd that's in this house. I can't believe this. They're not circumcised. They're not Jews. And look, the Spirit of God is on them. And now they're they're speaking in tongues and and. I couldn't even imagine the scene. It would just have to be incredible for someone who who doesn't, who never seen it, who just wouldn't believe that this gospel is going to go to the Gentiles. It's just, this is a ginormous moment, people. If we're not getting it, because it's all over me, even at this moment, we should really see that this is, this is a point that Jesus made that the people didn't understand. That partition is torn down, that veil of what they could see as being the potential of the gospel is torn down to see now that this can go to the entire world. It can go beyond it's the last sheep of a Israel. Jewish thing. Yes, it is it is anyone who will come to God, anyone from any place that will give their life to him. He will pour out his spirit on you.
1: For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, "Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we?" And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days.
0: So that's the end of the verse. One last thing that I want to add here that the Lord just kind of rolled into my brain while I was sitting here thinking um, is is I didn't even realize this while I was doing the study. Up till now, the Holy Ghost has been transmitted from Peter to other people, either through word or through laying on of hands. In this instance, Peter has absolutely nothing to do with it. The Holy Spirit of God fell on them while Peter... Told them about Jesus. It wasn't that Peter said, Now receive the Holy Ghost. It wasn't that he put his hands on it. Then he didn't have any control over it. He had no control over this. And so it, it it displayed the power of God to the Jewish men he was with and to Peter himself that this is what God wants to have done. And God himself is pouring out his spirit upon the people in the room. That is fantastic.
1: Peter's like, All right then. This
0: is, I mean, this has been a, Acts chapter 10 is fantastic. I love this story. I love getting into these things. Um, if you haven't noticed, my excitement is just continues to grow as we go through these uh, these chapters and these scripture verses because there's so much here that even as a believer we don't um, we usually hear one verse here and there, but we don't have the context of the whole story and we don't stop to think about it and to kind of visualize it a little bit in our heads. Let that story live in your mind a little bit about you are saved in the gospel that you have is because of what happens right here at Cornelius's house
1: because the Holy Ghost fell on them and. Now- it can spread everywhere.
0: Absolutely. And so it's, it goes into all the world. So, I mean, I'm just, man, this has got me excited. So um, love the word of God. It's just always something fantastic. I
1: wish I could have seen. I think his eyes got man. a little moist there. First. Yeah, I, like got I... A
0: little, uh, I got a little, I got a little, you get talking Look, about the gospel, clipped. the gospel coming to where I live, you know, 2000 mm-hmm. years later, I'm sitting in a little house in North Carolina with a country accent talking about how God is good to me because he was good to them. And he's good to them because he had promised a long time ago that his goodness would come and his goodness came in the name of Jesus. That right there gets all over me because... I know that. I know what that is. Um, so this has been a great.
1: <laughs> what are we making this both that? Yeah,
0: this guys? is a great. This has been a great chapter. Hope you really enjoy this. Please share this podcast with your friends, favors, favors families, neighbors. Um, do what Cornelius did. Bring them all in. Have your family and friends come in. Sit down and listen to this episode uh, because I think the Lord was in this one, man. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's good stuff. So we're going to pick up next week with Acts chapter eleven. I know we went a little bit long, but I wanted to get this whole story in in one shot um, because it's it's worth hearing all altogether. We really appreciate you listening. Please like and share. Um, You can send us an email at theabnormalchristian at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and all those places. We hope that God continues to bless you wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and that you magnify and glorify God in all that you do and say.
1: Amen.